Hello, welcome to Game Changer. Monday through Friday, David Villa and our crew dive into God's Word and talk about how to take principles from the Bible and apply them to our daily lives. Thanks so much for listening, and here's our host. Hey guys, good morning. What's up? Welcome to Game Changer. I'm David Villa, and I'm here with uh, I'm here with uh, like a little mess. <laughs> Yo, we're missing we're missing a piece of the mess. I'm here. I'm here with just a small mess. We cleaned our room. We cleaned our room. We're missing one. But he'll be back soon. Yeah, Ez is out. He's in Rhode Island. And uh, he will be back next Wednesday for the show. So we're going to be we're gonna be doing a couple of shows without without Ez. And, uh, but we got you. <clears throat> we have I each got other. you, babe. And uh, we're going to talk about Passion Slayers this morning. Um, just picking up from yesterday um, where we talked. We were talking about um, being derailed and what derails you. And um, this morning we're going to talk about Passion Slayers. And, you know, just to kind of recap, to kind of bring us up to speed, bring you up to speed of what we were talking about yesterday so we can kind of delve in. We were, we were um, I think, two, like three or four down on some bullets of what the enemy does to, um, to try to get you to drop out. You know, and, and we mentioned it yesterday, and I think it's important that we that we say it again today to kind of, you know, bring this back to the, to the, to a really good point of reference that the enemy's job, you know, is to lose better. He's already lost. And, you know, you and I may have given up if we, if we, if we knew the outcome was, you know, was just, was bleak, but the enemy hasn't given up in his desire and his job. He knows he can't win. So he wants to lose better. And so with, with that, you know, we, we don't intend on, becoming derailed and really here's the deal it happens when we take our eyes off jesus and the enemy does his best and this is what he tries to do he tries to derail you by draining your passion and we're talking about passion slayers this morning he tries to wear you down and, and cause you to drop out of the race that's what he wants you to do or delay you long enough <clears throat> and i'm not talking about a god delay i'm talking about like a like a like an enemy delay he, he his job is to delay you long enough where, where even if you don't drop out of the race, you are less effective than you could have been. Amen. And here's the one thing he didn't plan on. Let me just give you some good news really quick. Because I'm, I'm going over, you're on God's team and you win. Let me just kind of say, say that. And, and here, let, me, let, me, let me explain what I mean. You're on God's team and you win. But the deal the enemy didn't, the, the thing the enemy did not expect is redemption. It's like, I got some good news. Let's just say you've wasted a lot of time. Let's just say you're sitting there going, man, you know, that's me. You know, man, I'm 50 years old or whatever. And I've spent 20 years on the sidelines where I started out strong. And you don't understand, David. I've wasted so much time. And you know what, man, it's really a shame that I'm not going to be able to accomplish what it is that God wanted me to accomplish in my life. Because I've wasted 20 years. I'm just giving an example. And man, I, I can't get that time back. The enemy never counted on redemption. The enemy never counted on redemption. Do you guys understand? God will redeem time. He can redeem time. <clears throat> the enemy, the enemy never did, he never did count on that. So it's if the enemy steals 20 years, God can make up and do more in a day than, in, than you could have done by yourself in a lifetime. Do you get it? God can do more today than you did all last year. 
But the enemy's job is to try to get you to drop out of the race. And so we went over some ways, <clears throat> and his job is also to draw our focus, to draw our focus. What are you staring at? What are you looking at? <clears throat> you know, if you, are you, are you, do you have a focal point? <clears throat> Where's your focus? The Bible, the Bible talks many times when Jesus is using, you know, several places. Hebrews 12, 2 is one of those areas. Another area is when Peter and John were walking into the gate called beautiful and there was a man sitting there in both of those scenarios there's a phrase that says look unto us or look unto jesus as it says in hebrews 12 2. peter and john said look unto us and it, in that phrase we know what look at us means but that phrase the way it's the way it's translated means to take your eyes off of what you're looking at and shift your focus onto in Hebrews 12, it's Jesus, and, in, and in, uh, in Acts, when Peter and John are going to the temple, it's putting their eyes on them because they have a message for him. They have something for him. And in both of those scenarios, the person is designed to shift their eyes, to take and stop looking at what they're looking at. And so my question is, what, what is drawing your focus? And God is saying, I'm going to draw your focus to what I've said, to what my word says. The enemy is trying to draw your focus and ultimately slay. Come on, that's a, that's a word. Right? That's a word we don't use often. Slay your passion. Amen? Amen. So we talked yesterday about things that can slay your passion, things that can cause you to drop out of the race, things that can draw your focus. We talked about negative circumstances. <clears throat> big one. I guess I pretty much, I mean, it's a big one because it's, it's so ambiguous, right? There's a, like, it's like, you know, you name it, it can go under there. Anything can be a negative circumstance. Just about anything can be a negative circumstance. Any profession, any person listening, any scenario. Fear. We talked about fear. Failure. This is a big one for a lot of people that, will, that at least were commenting yesterday. I'm not sure if our listening audience as a whole, but the ones that were commenting yesterday seem to really kind of weigh in on un, unmet expectations. We didn't have a lot of time to touch on that because that's where we ended it. So we can pick up unmet expectations. You know, um, what unmet expectations have you allowed to derail you? You know, um, unmet expectations either cause you to, to step up and, and rise to the challenge or over the course of time, if you don't correct mistakes, you've heard the phrase, the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over and over and expect a different outcome. Well, if we if we if we've gone through some of the same patterns in life, I've done that in many ways, and we we spent a long a long time going into those patterns without correcting them. You know, there's a lot of unmet expectations that we've brought onto ourselves because we still were equipped with the vision, we were still equipped with the desire and the dream, we were still the dreamer, we were still the person that wanted it, we were still the person that went after it, but yet we had this these patterns that caused us to fall short. And over and over again, I've gone in my life around the same mountain, I can't tell you how many times. And and there's un and, but still that produces unmet expectations. So the unmet expectations that we've really brought onto ourselves have they derailed you? Have they taken you out? And then today we're going to dive into to four more relational strife. Mm. I mean, that's the relationship between a husband, a wife, a wife, a husband. That's the relationship between, between a child and a parent, between siblings. That's the relationship between 
you and your sister, your brother, your boss, your friend. I mean, you name it, right? Relational strife. How many have experienced, how many have let a relational strife derail them? Let's pause there for a second, you know? Let's let some comments come in. You know, I know that you guys probably have some things to weigh in on there. Relational strife of any sort. First, let's look up the word strife. Can we look up the Lord, the word strife really quick? He's getting it. Okay, cool. Go ahead, Mike. But definitely, uh, I can, I can definitely agree with this. You know, I've allowed, um, disagreements between my wife and I, my parents and I, mm-hmm. like numerous different people kind of get in the way and allow me to kind of be pushed off, uh, in my walk. I guess I should put myself on screen. I'm not used to this. <laughs> Mike's, Mike's running a couple things. <laughs> but ahead. yeah, it's, um, I've definitely, I've definitely gone through that. Strife. Um, You're right, Sam? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're all in different places today. Go ahead, Mike. But uh, no, I, I can definitely agree with it. I've allowed arguments between my wife and I, disagreements um, around things with our kid, um, ways that we disagree, um, things like that. Um, sorry, I'm I'm distracted by Sam holding I, his keyboard up in the air. No, but like it's not. It's not. Working. It's not. Yeah, I'll, I'll, there you go. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, here, I got. Well, Sam's looking at it. Uh, I'll, look, I'll actually. You guys just don't see the OCD that's going on, pinging, pinging. <laughs> <laughs> the ADD, I guess. But yeah, strife. I could definitely ahead, agree with relational strife. Mike, I haven't heard a word you said, to be honest with you. So why don't you just go ahead and repeat that again? So, I'm sure our listeners have because they're not in the room, but for my sake, just, just go ahead and repeat it again. Uh, relational strife is definitely something I've gone through um, in my life. Um, you know, disagreements between my wife and I um, have definitely caused. Not necessarily, not not just a wedge between the two of us on certain um, issues or topics that we, you know, have different stances on, but it's also affected my walk um, easily. Um, I've allowed that to basically, you know, creep into my mind and kind of almost not just re- affect my relationship with her, but affect my relationship with God because the anger that I have because I don't necessarily deal with situations sometimes the best way, the anger kind of seeps in and starts to come out in different areas. Um, so I can definitely agree with, agree on relational strife. I mean, everyone can, everyone's in relationships of some sort. I mean, if you're not married, somebody's not going to relate to that same story, but I mean, you know, um, people, people are are everywhere. I mean, everyone's in a relationship of some sort. Everyone has family, everyone has friends, coworkers, and a lot, a lot of times, you know, strife, and that's, I'm going to read the definition here, but strife in a relationship, in any relationship, is the cause for and could be a cause for derailment. So let's look up the word strife, and I'm talking specifically relational strife, anger or bitter, disagreement over fundamental issues, conflict. Okay, so do you have relational anger, relational bitter, or relational disagreement? How about over fundamental fundamental issues? Do you have relational conflict of any sort? That cause you, if you don't keep it into check and if you don't keep it locked into the word of God, has that ever, have that, has that ever been a source of derailment? Has that ever been a source of your passion being drained? Has that ever drawn your focus off of the Lord? So let's get some comments. Let's go back to Facebook and and LinkedIn page. And uh, so what do you guys think? I said my piece on it, Sam. You got anything? I mean, no, no I'm saying. Yes, oh, you Sam. meant Facebook, sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Elisa said, I've dealt with this so much. I'm to the point where I just want to be married to Jesus for the rest of my life <laughs> only. And then she wrote, raised her hand and had like two people in the emojis. Oh, two, yeah. two emojis. 
Go ahead, Sam. You got anything, buddy? You good? Oh, yeah, Sam's just trying to figure out how to navigate the keyboard. He, he's like, I can't talk and well, do. I can't walk and chew gum at the same time, man. Well, the keyboard was off. I, now, I we get that now, but it's on. Go ahead, talk. To, get your comments out, buddy. Um, I got nothing <laughs> to say right now. But I'll All right. Back to y'all. <laughs> All right. Alrighty. Hey, Ez is never allowed to leave again. <laughs> oh, it's fine. I know, man. I'm just kidding. All right. So relational strife. Um, let's you know, let's look at let's look at another one here. How about weariness? tired man like you just you just you've just burned the candle at both ends been there too you know you've you've you're it could be a number of things weariness can come from relational strife weariness can come from you know chasing ambition i mean it's funny because the unmet expectations that we bring on ourselves because we're still moving and we're still progressing and we're still asserting ourselves can cause weariness I mean, discouragement sets in. The weariness I'm talking about is, is the weariness that comes from, you know, peace going away. You know, the Bible says that he's the prince of peace. But when, when the enemy siphons out your peace, when, he, when your joy tank is not full, you know, the Bible says the joy, uh, this joy of your salvation. It says the joy of the Lord is your strength. It says that uh, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. So it, go, so it even tells you that joy is something that is replenishing. But when the reality is, when you've got a hole in the bottom of your joy tank, it's not even siphoning it, but the enemy's placed a hole there. So every time joy comes in, it just siphons back out the bottom. Those types of things can bring weariness. The definition for weariness is extreme tiredness. Fatigue. A reluctance to see or experience any more of something. You're so weary. That's what the Bible says. Don't get weary in well-doing. Don't get weary in doing good. If you could uh, keep that definition handy, pull up Psalms 1. one uh, just the whole, the whole chapter, Psalms 1, if you don't mind. Yeah, this NIV is fine. This just came to my mind. So the Bible says don't get weary in well-doing, okay? And then there's a reason before I read Psalms 1. There's a reason because it talks about, you know, when you're doing good, when you're, when you're about doing good, when you're, when, you're, when you're going after God, when you're just living life, you're living, you're trying to be a believer. Don't get weary in doing good because the enemy, God knows the enemy is, is, is on the path. You know, there's a show that my... Um, Youngest daughter used to watch when she was little. It's called Dora the Explorer. You know, some of you remember that. And I used to watch it with her. She's tw she's twenty, but when she was little, and I remember there was a there was a fox on there called Swiper. You know, Swiper no swiping. Yeah, Swiper no swiping. Swiper no. And you know, it would it, he was there to steal, and that's the representation of the enemy, where we're about our lives doing good, and here's the enemy who's this a version of the life Swiper. And he's there to steal, kill, and destroy. He's there to wreak havoc, to drain your passion, to derail you, to cause you to drop out, and to draw your focus away from God. Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step of the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners uh, or sit in the seat of a company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree. So let's just say that's you. Blessed is the one who doesn't walk in step with the wicked okay, or stand in the way the sinners take. Or sit in the company of mockers. So you go, hey, I've changed my life. I'm a believer. I'm sold out to God. 
who meditates on his law day and night. I'm in the word. I'm praying. I'm believing God. I'm pursuing a relationship with him to the best of my ability. That person, if that's you, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, joy, right? Peace. What comes from water? A tree gets sustenance. It gets life. A tree that plants by the river of water gets everything it needs for life. So that you're like a tree that's planted by the stream of water, which yields its fruit, which brings fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So the Bible, the Bible says, if you go to, um, if you can look that up just in the, uh, in the New Living Translation, just that same scripture, and you can just pull it up in a minute. But it, it talks about that. It says, so it's, it yields fruit in due season. We'll reap if you faint not, Isaiah 40 says. Isaiah 40, what? The, uh, they that, they that uh, wait on the Lord will mount up with wings as eagles. Will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. So if you don't faint, right? If you don't faint, then you will make it if you don't get weary. Your walk and not be weary, your run and not faint. Go back to that uh, NI, uh, NLT. Yeah, there you go. So, so it says that they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. In due season. That's what King James says. In due season. If they, if they don't reap, they bear fruit in due season. You know, how close are you to being due? I'm going to tell you, you're closer to your due date than you think. Amen? So Amen. weary. Another word for weary is burnout. Mm. And I've That's definitely good. been there. I've definitely, and it wasn't even the enemy that caused it. It mm. was legitimately myself feeling the need to over serve in different areas of my life and just getting to a point where I was so burnt out. I was so done serving that it affected my relationship because I no longer wanted to serve because I was so burnt out mm -hmm. at a time in my life where, um, in seven days out of the week, I was at my church five days out of the, out of that week. Mm -hmm. And then the other two nights I was typically hanging out with people from the church, talking about different things we were working on. And I was, I definitely 100% hit that weary phase or that burnout phase. Go ahead. Well, yeah, and, and you know what, burnout, and honestly, it's, it's, I'm, I'm glad you brought that word up. I'm asking Sam to look up a scripture. But, I'm, I, you know, I'm glad you brought that word up because burnout, is, burnout is, is, a, is, is something that makes, weariness is not a word that we use often. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's, a, it's an older word. It's a word that's kind of made its way kind of out of the vocabulary. Reminds you me know. of Lord of the Rings, the weary yeah, traveler. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's, a, it's an older word. It's a word that, 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 you know, we know what it means, but we haven't really, it's translated, so to speak, out of, out of society and modern language. Um, but, but burnout is a, is, is, is a good word. Yeah. I'm, I'm burned out. And, you know, and it's interesting because burnout makes a makes a whole lot of sense when you the reason burnout even became a word is because you know you've you've you you learn over the years things that burn out you know a fire if you don't keep it stoked if you don't keep it you know if you don't keep fresh you know timber and wood in it if you don't keep oxygen flowing to it if you don't keep you know if you don't keep it burning it will what burn out it will burn out It'll go out. So I'm, I'm burned out, man. I, you know, my flame has gone out. I'm out. When a druggie, when a druggie reaches a place 
where their lifestyle is evident to everyone and it's affecting everyone around them. It's affecting their job. It's affecting their home. You know, many of us have been there. Then someone would call them a burnout. Now, you know, and, and, and that's where the phrase initially came from. You know, it has a more casual, now oh, he's a burnout. You know, I mean, someone that smokes weed or whatever. For, I'm just saying that the reality is it, 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 it initially comes from somebody who, who's reached the end. Somebody who, whose flame has gone out. Somebody who, who, who the enemy has, has tried to snuff out. Think of, flame. think of your life similar. I mean, just to make the metaphor of burnout um, would be an easy metaphor to make would be like think of a rocket ship taking off from NASA mm -hmm. and somewhere around 20,000 feet, the rockets just stopped. They burned out. They didn't calculate enough fuel. What happens to that rocket? Falls. Just goes, nope, right back down. It's the same way. I mean, it, burnout is a very, very, very um, coming from... It's a very big thing that I'm passionate about and making sure because I've come from an area of serving. And like I said, I've been in different areas when I've served in my life where I've hit burnout that when I have served somewhere, I've always been very conscious recently to make sure that I'm not burning myself out um, because I've learned that burnout, you can feel any way you want. You can serve. You can help out everybody in every which way you want. But if you're ultimately burning the candle at both ends, eventually that candle is going to burn out. And what's going to happen is there's no candle left to burn. There's no coals left to reignite. Like you've basically just put not just water on the fire. You've put sand on top of the fire. You've put dirt on top of the fire. Like you've completely put it out. And it's so hard to reignite anything in that point once yeah. you put dirt on it. Yeah, we got two more. Let's, let's go to the next one. Opposition. Opposition. So, so the enemy, so we're going to just, we're going to just, let's bring it back up. So we, 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 the enemy wants to derail us. He wants to drain our passion. He wants to cause us to drop out of the race. And he wants to draw our focus from God. There's a four D's that the enemy wants to do. I'm going to say them again. The enemy wants to derail you. He wants to drain your passion. He wants to, to draw your focus away from God. And he wants to cause you to drop out of the race. And, and, and so we've gone over ways he does this in, in, a, in opposition or oppositions are one way, which means a resistance or dissent expressed in an action or argument, a group of adversaries, competitors, rivals, you know, uh, um, the, the opposite team, somebody this, listen, it's not about you against another group. I mean, competition is different than opposition. Opposition is Opposition is the other team, but we, we, we've, we have to look at the word team, what I'm talking about. When, it's not that those people are against you. The team that you're playing is, is in opposition, and here's why. They're going a different direction than you are. So one team is going one direction. The other team is going the other direction. That's why in games, the teams go different directions. Because one team is going one direction. The other team is going another direction, and it's opposition. So they're adversaries, competitors, rivals. They oppose you. The enemy is your opposition. And he causes others to oppose you, whether they know it or not, whether they mean ill or not. And he causes you and your thinking to oppose you if he can get into 
your thought process, if he can get you out of dwelling and thinking on the word of God and what God says about your life, if he can get you focused on circumstances, the opposition is real. Opposition will derail you. Opposition will drain your passion. Opposition will draw your focus from God. And opposition ultimately is what will cause someone to drop out. But let's look at Romans and what it says. And I got one scripture. There's a million, okay? There's a million. One scripture. Romans 8.31 is sums it all up. What then shall we say in response to these things? What things? The things I just went through that oppose you in your relationship with God. If God is for us, who can be against us? I'm going to tell you that is as simple as that. God has placed every single opposition underneath your and my feet because we walk with God. Amen? And he said it's finished. And he said, greater things will we do. And you have, to, you have to tap into whose team you're on. You're on the winning team. You're going in the winning direction. The, the fight is fixed. The game is over. The score has already been announced in heaven. They've already celebrated it. It's not halftime. It's over. The, the, the trophy's been lifted. And so here's the deal. We're on the winning team. And so we're, we're, just, we're just, right now, the enemy's trying to just derail some folks and drain some passion and draw some focus and cause some folks to drop out. But the game is over. He's lost the battle. And if God's for you, as we talked about a couple of days ago, who can be against you? Opposition, opposition is, not, is, is not going to derail you. Not this year. Come on. Yeah, Lord. Yeah. I need auto-tune on my mic. I feel like I don't sing that well. <laughs> All right, last one here. And uh, we've got a great, um, great, great discussion tomorrow. We've got some great, great discussions tomorrow. We're going to talk a little further about things that hinder. We're going to talk about um, where God is asking you to step next, even though you not you might not feel uh, you might feel unqualified. Any unqualified people feel unqualified? We're going to talk about that. So we're going to end the week with a real encouraging word of why why you're qualified, even though you don't feel like you are. But we're going to end this last one here. This last this last passion slayer, hopelessness, mm. hopelessness. <clears throat> Before we delve into it, it's interesting looking at how these are all laid out <clears throat> on the notes because realistically, it's almost like the phases that you can go through leading up to the weariness, then the opposition, and then the hopelessness. Mm -hmm. And if you're not able to clamp down on the circumstances, the fear, the failure, the unmet expectations, the strife, the last three really come into play and those are like the nails in the coffin. Mm -hmm. I agree, yeah, 100%. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, they're, they're, in, they're in the proper order for sure. Hopelessness is a feeling or state of despair, lack of hope. How many, how many have had that? If you get to this place, I want to I encourage you because it seems like it is the proverbial nail in the coffin, but it really isn't because when you look at hopelessness and you define it, a feeling of uh, or state of despair, lack of hope, and I want to start by saying it's a feeling. It's a feeling. Hopelessness is when you haven't received the hope of Jesus. The hope of Jesus is not a feeling. It's a fact. The ho hopelessness is a feeling. Hope is a fact. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Come on. It's a fact. And I can take my fact 
and I can overcome the feeling of hopelessness any day if I let them work. So don't be discouraged. So however, because God, because with God, we can learn to be content. Amen. In the midst of every trial, we can learn to be content and confident in God as he equips us to do his work in us and through us. Keep in mind, he doesn't want to just do it in you. He, does, he wants to do it in you so good that it overflows through you to other people. That's his plan. That's why it's big. It's, it's not about you and I. It's beyond you and I. It's about you and I touching others. That's the way this thing gets done, right? So in and through us. And then our passion for God and his work will continue to grow. Once we have experienced the, the surge of the unstoppable force of God working through us, then we want more of him. And as you move forward, don't yield to the passion slayers. I know it's easier said than done, but don't yield to the negative circumstances. Don't yield to fear. Don't yield to failure. Don't yield to unmet expectations. Don't yield to relational strife. Don't yield to weariness. Don't yield to opposition. And don't yield to hopelessness. Choose patience with yourself and with the circumstances. Trust God and that he's at work and that he will succeed. He will succeed. Amen? And if you just have to hold on to the back of his coattails, Amen. If he succeeds and you're still holding on, guess who else succeeds? You do. It's the confidence that will take you and I to the finish line. Amen. Come on, somebody. So we're going to talk tomorrow. We're going to talk. We're going to, I'm going to convince you that you are qualified in him. Come on. There's some folks that if you don't think, if you've ever thought or questioned, are you qualified? Tomorrow you're going to want to tune in. You're not going to want to miss it because I'm going to convince you in the word of God. And with every bit of anointing and passion that God will lay on my heart, I'm going to convince you that you are qualified in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Song of the day today is uh, See a Victory from Elevation. Hopefully it posts right because I'm posting it from my phone. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's a really good song, especially when you're dealing with some of the situations or circumstances we talked about today. Weariness, strife, oppositions, hopelessness. Like, Just remember that if God's for you, who can be against you? Uh, thank you guys for listening today. Sorry for Dave's OCD kicking in. Now you mean? No, no, I meant earlier. <laughs> but with, uh, if you guys didn't see it, we have a new countdown this morning. I think Kevin saw it and a couple people saw it. But thanks. Shout out to Ezra for getting that hooked up before he took off for a couple days. Thank you all for listening. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll see you tomorrow morning. And on that note. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to connect further, check out the David Villas Game Changer group on Facebook. We'll see you next time on the next episode of Game Changer.